In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a sitcom host, political commentator, Bill Maher, put out kind of a ridiculous documentary many years ago. He's an atheist, doesn't believe in God, and he hates religion. And so in an attempt to disprove religion, disprove the uh, existence of God, to show that prayer doesn't work, he kind of uh, staged an experiment. And the experiment was something like this. I don't exactly remember it. He puts, holds an object outside of a window. He's a few stories high. Holds an object outside of a window. And he says, I'm going to pray to God that this object doesn't hit the ground when I let go of it. And if God exists, then it won't hit the ground. But if it does hit the ground, it is proof that prayer doesn't work because God does not exist. And he lets it go, falls to the ground. And therefore, he says, see, prayer doesn't work. God does not exist. This is obviously a ridiculous experiment. I mean, you can't even experiment with God. That's not even a thing. But what's behind it? The, the philosophical presupposition behind that even experiment is that God exists, and I know that God exists, only when he answers my prayers. Only when God does what I want him to do can I say that prayer actually works. Prayer, in fact, the reason for prayer is only so that I get what I want when I want it. And if I don't get what I want when I want, when I want it, then prayer doesn't work and God doesn't exist or God doesn't love me or God is distant or God doesn't care or any one of these things that establishes some kind of distance between God and us. Unless God is my robot, my machine that I control, then he doesn't exist at all. This is the thought that is implied in an experiment like that or in a thought process like that. Now, why am I mentioning this in this homily in relation to this gospel reading? Because in the gospel reading, Jesus gives them a parable. And he gives, the, Luke tells us the reason why Jesus gives us a parable. To the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Why is Jesus giving this particular parable? So that people don't stop praying and they don't lose heart. That people don't be discouraged when they don't get what they want from God when they want it from God. So that we don't think like Bill Maher and uh, think of God as our machine that works for us. So the parable, we read it. I'll just quickly summarize it. There's a widow. Somehow somebody treated her unjustly. She goes to the judge who doesn't even care, doesn't regard man, doesn't fear God has no cares about anything. He's a shameless man. And he rejects her over and over and over again, but she goes to him over and over and over again, and he gives her what he wants at the end. He ends up vindicating her only because he doesn't want her to bother him any longer. It's not because he wants to do the right thing. He doesn't care about the right thing. It's not because he's doing it for God's sake. He doesn't care about God. He just wants to stop being bothered by this woman. Jesus uses this parable as an example of God. Interestingly enough, he uses an unjust judge as an example for God, but not really as an example for God. It's really to show that if even an evil man like this 
would do the right thing, would end up doing the right thing, how much more would God do the right thing? So don't worry about when God is going to answer your prayers or in what form God is going to answer your prayers. If even the unrighteous judge will end up doing the right thing, how much more will God do? That's the reason for this parable. But what's really interesting, and the reason why I started with what the experiment that Bill Maher did in his documentary, is because at the end of the Gospel reading, Jesus says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus associates faith with perseverance. How do we know that we have faith? When we persevere in prayer, when we keep praying and not lose heart. When we keep praying and are not discouraged. When we keep praying and we keep going after God. And even when God is not doing anything about it, even when it seems dark, even when He keeps us waiting, we continue to pray and we are not discouraged. This is the sign of faith for Jesus. I have a story for you. It's a story of two great saints. St. Monica lived in the fourth century in the Roman Empire. She was a woman, a Christian woman, that was, that was married to a Roman pagan man. He did not believe in God. He was a pagan. And he mistreated her very badly. He used to beat her. He used to cheat on her, and she knew about it. He used to mistreat her in all kinds of ways. But she made sure never to speak ill about her husband. Never. And even when she would hang out with her friends and they would speak badly about their husbands, she would reprimand them. This is a sin, she would say. It's not allowed. Anybody who has the excuse to do that, she has the excuse to do that, but she refused to do it out of reverence for God and respect for her husband. But she had a son, Augustine, and he was raised by his father in order to be a nobleman, a smart man, a high-class person. So he was trained in rhetoric, he was trained in, the, in, the, in, in, in law so that he can be a great lawyer, and he became a great lawyer. And he refused to be a Christian even though his mother begged him to, be, to become a Christian. He would not get baptized because he didn't believe in Christianity. He said it was just child's play stuff. He wanted to go out to the real world and make something, really make something of himself. But his mother prayed and prayed and prayed, day and night. Back then they didn't have daily Masses. Like we have daily Masses today, anybody can come to Mass any day of the week they want to and receive Qurbana. They didn't have daily Masses back then, they only had it on Sundays. But there were a lot of churches and those churches would celebrate Mass in the weekdays for things like funerals and weddings and these kinds of things. So she would search churches out every single day to find where is there a wedding, where is there a funeral, where is there another sacrament being celebrated within which they would celebrate the Mass so that she can go to Mass every single day. That's how much she persevered. And she prayed for her son Augustine to be baptized, to receive the faith and accept it. For 17 years, for 17 years God kept her waiting. Now does that make sense to us? Can a good God make us wait for so long? Is not this unjust judge even better than God? I mean, it doesn't sound like it took him 17 years to give this widow what she wanted. But not really. 
Because what God ends up giving us in His answer to our prayer is infinitely greater than anything that we can imagine. Sometimes He keeps us in the dark and He keeps us waiting because He wants to keep, give us something much better than even our imagination can conceive. And such is the case with St. Monica. She just wanted her son to be a baptized Christian. Well, he ended up being baptized, but he ended up also a priest and then a bishop and then a great scholar and then probably the greatest theologian the Catholic Church has ever had. For 1,600 years later, we're still reading St. Augustine's works. 1,600 years later, people are still writing doctoral dissertations just on the writings of St. Augustine. What God ended up doing through the prayers and the perseverance of St. Monica was infinitely greater even than what St. Monica was asking for. And that's the reason why God kept her waiting. But nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Well, this is the sign of it. Will you wait for God? Will you continue to pray? Will you continue to hope even in the midst of darkness? Will you continue to say, God, I believe in you and I trust in you, even when it seems like God is silent? That is the test of faith, brothers and sisters. All of us experience this, where we're asking things of God and it seems like He doesn't answer us. That's when we have to be stubborn with God. That's when we have to be stubborn and say, I'm going to believe, I'm going to continue, I'm going to persevere. And God will vindicate us, and He will vindicate us in ways that we don't imagine. Only if we trust in Him, because through that whole process, we come to trust in God. In the Shuraya that the choir sang today in between the Hallelujahs for the Gospel procession, it was, Have mercy on me, God have mercy. For in you, my soul takes refuge. That's what God wants us to learn. That our souls, our hearts, find their safe place only in God. And sometimes in order to do that, God will make us wait to give us the things that we want and need. And then in response to our souls taking refuge in God, what He gives us in return is infinitely greater. The great pattern of this, of course, is the crucifixion of Jesus. It seems like so dark, but then what He ends up giving in return is the resurrection from among the dead to eternal life and the glory of God in heaven that awaits all of us. Brothers and sisters, everybody will disappoint us, we'll disappoint each other. And that's because we're weak, not because we're awful people, but because we're weak. Only God is good. Let us rely on God above everything. Amen.